The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A man who does not believe the Mandela effect is a real phenomenon is confronted with information that he may be the Mandela effect. <laughs> it's not Nelson Mandela. He's not on this show, but you know what I mean? You're like, I have no idea, Jason. And then you'll find out when you listen to the episode. And then we travel to Australia to meet a little boy and his imaginary friend. But is it possible that this little boy's imaginary playmate could unveil a dark secret about the relationship between time and death? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys had an awesome Thanksgiving. We are starting off Season 20, the countdown to Episode 1000 of Dead Rabbit Radio. That is amazing, and I couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you so much for your support. And someone who supported the show during the Dead Rabbit Radio Thanksgiving livestream, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Everyone give it up for Bajun. Woohoo, yeah, come on in, Bajun. Walk on into Dead Rabbit Command. That uh, that uh, Thanksgiving live stream was pretty fun. We went for two hours. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Thanks, everyone, who showed up. And if you couldn't show up, totally understand. It's Thanksgiving, right? People had other stuff to do. They're driving around. They're hanging out with their friends and family. I totally get it. But Vajun made a very generous donation during our live stream. So you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Vajun, let's dust off the Jason Jalopy. And we are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to... An elementary school. <laughs> now, I gotta say, before we get the story started, this story sounds... <laughs> even among the stuff we cover on this show, this story sounds super made up. And it could be. Right? <laughs> it could, totally could be made up. But if it's true, what a story, man. What a story. Now, I'm sure if it is made up, at least one person's going to be laughing really loud and be like, oh, what? I fooled him. I fooled Jason. I hope it's not true. Well, it's hard to say, right? Because if it's made up, then I've just wasted your time and I've made myself look like a fool. But if it's true, this could be one of the weirdest Mandela effects we've come across. Then that'd be awesome. We're hanging out at this elementary school. It's back in 1984, around there. We're going to meet a young boy named Morris. He's sitting there on the playground, hands in his pockets, his Oshkosh Bagosh overalls. And these kids are like, hey, Morris, what's going on? And he's like, hey, buddies, how's life? He's a very deep thinker for an elementary school student. His friends are like, hey, Morris, did you hear about that spooky movie? Did you hear about that really cool spooky movie that's out right now? Morris is like, 
No, not really. I'm in elementary school. I don't watch a lot of spooky movies. And they go, well, we have big brothers, so we do. And there's a movie out right now. And the villain's named Morris. Morris, Morris, please don't kill us. And he's like, what? That's kind of a grim taunt. But it fits. Because there was a horror movie that had just come out. And the killer in it, the blood-soaked maniac in this movie, went by the name of Morris Knight. And he goes, Morris goes, listen, you know, it was gentle teasing, right? I mean, they did they did say that I was going to murder them. But he goes, it wasn't anything too intense. Like, they, I would get teased now and then. This movie came out. This guy named Morris Knight was killing all these teenagers. And yeah, my name's Morris. I get it. It's probably the not most common name. Sure. He said eventually he did see the movie for himself when he was a kid. And it was about this serial killer named Morris. And they're trying to find out the identity of this killer because they need it as a, a, a clue to be able, if they uncover his identity, it'll give them an idea of what they're up against. These teenagers are trying to figure out who's killing them one by one. And they find out at the ending the killer's name is Morris Knight. And Morris, Morris was like, that's kind of dumb. Like, there's nothing wrong with the name Morris, Morris exclaimed. But why Morris Knight, that doesn't even make any sense. It's not like scary or anything like that, but whatever. So now I know why people are, again, lightly ribbing me. It wasn't a full-on bullying situation. <laughs> they were afraid he was going to murder them one by one after all. He goes, but I'd come to terms with the fact that I was named after a famous horror movie villain. And I have to say, I'm going to interject myself here for a second. When I was a kid, the fact that there was a killer named Jason Voorhees, I didn't think about this. I've read this story multiple times since I was typing the notes up. Just remembered that my name's Jason, and growing up, it was there was a, a, a gentle ribbing. People would call me Jason Voorhees all the time and stuff like that. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I don't mind it. I, that those movies scared me so bad. I never really watched any of the Friday the Thirteenth movies until I was much, much older. But um, they scared me so bad. But if someone called me Jason or Jason Voorhees or something like that, people still do that. They're like, hey, uh, like the serial killer. Whatever. You do get it. I mean, there's worse things to be made fun of about, I guess, being compared to a six foot six supernatural serial killer. Yeah, you know, that's fine. So I get where he's coming from. There is this weird and Jason's not the most uncommon name. And people still make that connection between Jason Voorhees and Jason Carpenter. But he, you just kind of go on with it, right? Well, he ends up at one point going, you know what would be really funny? Because now he's in high school. And now he's in high school. He goes, you know what would be funny? I'm going to dress up as Morris Knight. And everyone will get it. Morris is dressed up as Morris Knight. It'll be really funny. And he says, sure enough, that's what happened. He went to high school. He was dressed up as Morris Knight. And people were like, oh, dude, we totally get it. Your name's Morris. Da, 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 da. Well, let's fast forward now to just a couple months ago. It's October 2022. He's like, you know, Halloween time. People are getting ready to get scared. And Morris goes, you know what, actually? I should rewatch that horror movie from when I was a kid. Because it's been 20, 30, close to 40 years since the last time I saw it, right? It was in elementary school in the 80s. I'm going to watch that horror movie. That famous horror movie about the killer, Morris Knight. So Morris puts it in, probably downloads it, right? Streaming it. And he's watching it. But this is not the movie he remembers. Sure, the the plot elements are the same. Pretty much it's all the same. But the character's name is not Morris Knight. 
And he's watching this movie, and the further the movie goes along, the deeper the dread in Morris, because he's really starting to trip out now. He knows for certain that this movie was about a serial killer named Morris. And he knows it for certain because he experienced it throughout his life. Morris says, listen, I have not been a huge believer in the Mandela effect because I've always thought it was things that were so unrelated to somebody's existence and they have a half memory of it that they just go, oh, no, no, I remember it used to be the Berenstein Bears. Or I remember there used to be a cornucopia on Fruit of the Loom. When the fact of the matter is, like, when we were kids, first off, none of us bought our own underwear, right? Our parents or your orphanage bought you the underwear. And I never looked too closely at it. I'm pretty sure the cornucopia was in the Fruit of the Loom logo. I'm pretty sure, but I'm going off memories of me being eight, opening a bag of underwear. I mean, it was instantly faded, right? I went through underwear like a baby does diapers, but maybe, right? You could say a lot of the you could say a lot of the stuff when you get to things like Captain Crunch versus Captain Crunch. You can go, well, you know, these people they don't work; they weren't working on the boat of the captain himself. They ate it maybe once every couple weeks, and then they didn't think about it for 30 years, and then they see the logos change, and they're like, ah. Morris goes, but that's not the case with this one. This was part of my childhood. This character's name is Morris Knight. I know that for a fact, because I was teased about this in elementary school. When I dressed up as this character for Halloween, as a teenager, people still got the joke. This character's name is Morris Knight. This is not a Mandela effect where it's just some vague recollection. I know for a fact this character's name is Morris Knight, but as I'm sitting here and watching this horror movie titled A Nightmare on Elm Street, this character's name is not Morris Knight. It's Freddy Krueger. And I know 100%. I know 100% that this character's name used to be Morris Knight. I have no idea who this Freddy Krueger dude is. I will admit that's a better name. But it used to be Morris Knight. I know that for a fact. So Morris ended up messaging one of his buddies, who is a big believer in the Mandela effect. He messages one of his buddies and goes, dude, listen, I know I've given you a bunch of grief. I know that I spray painted Berenstain all over your house that one night. I know I've given you a bunch of grief about believing in the Mandela effect, but I actually found one that I know for certain got changed in the timeline. You know that movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the movie starring Morris Knight. The character's name is Morris Knight, and I know that because my name is Morris. And Morris begins to text out this entire story that I've just told you. Grew up getting teased, Morris... Now he's watching this movie in 2022, and the character's name is Freddy Krueger. What is going on? This doesn't make any sense. I know for a fact it was Morris because I got teased all the time, and he's texting all of this stuff out. And his friend responds, dude, what in the world? (laughs) Even for the most hardcore Mandela effect person, right? The friend goes, what in the world are you going on about? Now, Morris figured he would get this response from his buddy, but then what his friend said next was, dude, what are you talking about? Your name 
is Freddy. And Morris said he looked down at his phone. He was just staring at it. Staring at that last message his friend sent. Your name is Freddy. Morris grabs his wallet. Looks at his ID card. Frederick. It says on the ID card. Frederick, formerly known as Morris, said he felt like he was going insane. He thought for the past however long, right? He's a little kid, probably close to my age, a little kid in the 1980s. Up till that moment, he believed his name was Morris. But now, his name's Frederick on his government ID. His best friend calls him Freddy, and it all hits him at once. He actually thinks he's going crazy, which is a totally acceptable thing, right? He said he called his parents in a panic, which would be an alarming phone call. Mom, Dad, I think I'm I'm crazy. I think I'm crazy. I think I'm going crazy. Frederick said that he actually then made an appointment with the doctor and over a period of time was having multiple visits done and getting tested for, you know, you know, the good old mental illness test. They take a little bit of your blood. Swirl it around, look for the crazy gene. He said that he had been checked out and the doctor said, you're not nuts. Um, At least there's nothing we can see biological. We don't see like a brain tumor. We don't see anything like that going on. But you might want to go see a psychologist or psychiatrist. But as far as biologically speaking, we don't see anything wrong with you. No amnesia. No underlying mental issues that we know of. And that's the story of Frederick, a.k.a. Morris, a.k.a. a man who became the Mandela Effect himself. This is a super fascinating story. I found it posted anonymously on the export. It 100% could be made up. Trust me, it totally could be made up, right? Which would suck. And I would apologize for wasting your time. But in in the idea of what we think of the Mandela Effect, it does track, right? The Mandela Effect is basically... The theory behind his timelines shifting. Now, like he said earlier, the Mandela effect tends to be stuff that doesn't affect your life. It tends to be these changes that whether or not Darth Vader said, Luke, I am your father, or no, I am your father, whether or not he said either one, doesn't affect your life in any real way. But this one he remembered. He absolutely remembered. It was so personal to him. If the movie just changed, right? If his name, if Morris's name remained Morris, but he watched A Nightmare on Elm Street in the year 2022 and he saw the character's name was Freddy Krueger, that would be, that would be crazy. Because he's like, I know for a fact I was teased about this all the time. But now we have his name also changing as well. We have Morris's name also changing to Frederick. That's so weird because it's like when he's, we accept the Mandela theory, the Mandela effect theory is fact, when he switched universes, when he got slotted into this one, whatever mechanism causes the Mandela effect made sure that he ended up in a universe that the, the horror movie villain from the 1980s had the same name as it had before. Would it have been even more jarring if the character's name in the movie was Freddy Krueger in this universe, but his name was Morris. I can't imagine, I can't imagine that would be more jarring than 
finding out his name was Freddy this entire time. It's just weird. Like, you would basically have two variables, his name and the character's name. And out of all the things that could change in the universe, those are the two details that changed as they're flying through the multiverse. It's, I mean, if you accept the Mandela effect as a real phenomenon, you'd have to wonder about all the movies you've never watched, right? That I would never know if a plot point changed in, you know, Bermuda intrigue, some lifetime movie of the week starring Jessica Morris as a land developer in Bermuda. And she falls in love with a dude who happens to be a bad guy. I would have no idea if that plot changed. It changed a thousand times in a day. I would have no idea. Imagine how many times these events, these changes could be happening that we're not aware of. It's just interesting because it could be happening all the time, but he has such a personal connection to it. His name changed, and it changed to match a horror movie villain. Like, what does it mean? It's actually such a perfect story. That's what makes me think it could be fake, right? But I wanted to share that with you. I thought it was really interesting. I really do. So, Frederick, if you're out there, um, try not to go crazy. (laughs) Try not to go too crazy. And if you do... Don't get a job as a janitor at an elementary school. It will not end up well for you. I guess I shouldn't say that. (laughs) He might be a janitor right now. He's like, is that a threat? Are you going to get me fired? Bad June, let's go ahead and get out the world-famous carbon copter. We are leaving behind this man. He's in the throes of insanity. He's like, ah, my name, my name. We're like, see you later, dude. (laughs) See you later, possibly psychotic man. We're leaving behind this dude. Let's fly all the way out to Australia. This is one of those stories that we don't have a specific time period of when it took place. I would say relative, you know, relative modern age, right? We're not in the 19th century steampunk era, probably in the past 20 years around there. I don't have a specific location. I was able to go through this person's posting history, find out she's from Australia. She lives in Australia. So somewhere in the great wilderness of the continent of Australia, this story takes place. It was posted by someone who goes by the name Am Koala Bear. We're going to go ahead and call her Maggie. And the story starts like this. Maggie and her husband have a little boy, a little two-year-old boy, and they're living in this house somewhere in Australia. It's a rental house. It's not... One that they own, but they're making it their own, right? They're actually changing the deed. They're doing that mortgage scam. They're stealing it from some old lady. No, they're making it their place. They're turning this house into a home type of thing. But what they notice is their little boy, we're going to call him Joey. Joey, while living at this house, he's two years old. He meets an imaginary friend or creates one, right? I've never had kids. I don't know how that works. I had imaginary friends when I was a kid. <laughs> Good old Frederick Krueger. He killed all my enemies. No, like, but I don't remember the mechanism. I I knew they weren't real, right? I knew they weren't real. But I'm wondering, like, do you, do parents sit there and go, it's that time, the kids too, he's going to start, he's going to start imagining uh, possibly spooky guys running around. You would wonder, I think, if you were a parent and you were a believer in the paranormal, I wonder if you would go through that. Is it a ghost or an imaginary friend? You you would have to ask yourself that. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe most parents don't think that their kids are contacting Cthulhu whenever they're like, "Oh, I have a friend. His name is Jenny." But 
when we have Joey here, his imaginary friend, the way that they really start to figure out what's going on is they wouldn't, this sounds kind of funny, they would notice their little boy, the son, he would take his toys and he would throw them down the hallway. There was this long hallway that ran through the house that connected the bulk of the house to the garage. He would throw his toys down the hallway and then he would turn around and he would mumble to himself as he was walking back into the living room. Parents are like, what in the world are you doing, bro? And he goes, there's a boy who wants to play with the toy. I don't know why it sounds like Jack Nicholson. Let me not do a kid voice. The little boy goes, there's my friend. He's down the hallway. He wants to play with my toys. So I throw my toys to him. It's super interesting. I don't want to dissect it right now. We'll, we'll talk about it. I don't want to go on too many diversions. So, but remind me of that. Remind this recording to bring that idea back up of him throwing toys on the hallway. So time goes on and Joey keeps interacting with his imaginary friend and the parents start to ask him questions about the imaginary friend. Maggie goes, what's his name? What's your imaginary friend's name? And Joey goes, his name's Don. His name's Don, like D-O-N. And he describes Don as a little boy. He describes Don as a little boy, which would make sense. Which makes sense, right? Age appropriate. I mean, Pete's Dragon, I don't know how old he was. Actually, he wasn't imaginary. He was real. Actually, he's a fictional character. (laughs) He's a fictional character, so it doesn't matter. But he wasn't imaginary in the movie. Anyways, Don was a little boy who was in the house with this family, this imaginary friend, who was interacting with Joey. She asks, like, what's his name? That's a totally normal question. But then she's asking, what is he doing here? Why is he here? Which makes me think that maybe she thought there was something paranormal going on. The mom goes, why is he here? And Joey always had the same answer. Joey would always say, he's waiting for his mom to pick him up. So he's throwing the toys down the hallway. He's talking to Don. And he always has the same answer to what what he's doing there. What's, What's Don doing here? He's waiting for his mom to pick him up. Everything seems to be fairly normal. Kids have imaginary friends, hyper imaginations, right? They're constantly saying totally weird stuff, borderline creepy stuff. What happens is this starts to escalate where Maggie and her husband are in bed and all of a sudden they hear Joey screaming from his room. And they get up and they run into the room and thankfully Joey's just laying there in bed. But Joey says he can't sleep. I can't sleep, Mom. I can't sleep. Whenever I close my eyes to fall asleep, Dawn shows up. And I'm trying to sleep, and he keeps tickling my toes. And I want him to stop. I want to go to sleep. But he stands there at the edge of my bed, and he tickles my toes, and I can't sleep, and it makes me so mad. And this goes on for a while. Like, not just not just that night. This goes on for a while. Joey says when I'm trying to sleep, Don comes into the bedroom and tickles his toes and he's doing it to, to, to irritate him. Joey just wants to get a good night's sleep. So eventually Joey starts sleeping with the parents. Well, one day, Maggie and her husband get a notification from the real estate agent saying that they're going to have to leave the house. They're going to leave the house. This was... A short-term rental, but it was a little shorter than they had planned. What had happened was, while they were living there, the owner of the house passed away. And he'd passed away for about the past six months or so. 
And the family was deciding what to do with the property. But at this point, they've decided to sell it and they're going to split the earnings, split the money from the house. So this family is going to have to find the new home and they're totally fine with it. We'll go, we'll find someplace else. Everything will be fine. And they do. And Dawn doesn't follow them to the new house. You could easily chalk this up to being an imaginary friend. You could even chalk this up to it being a ghost boy in the house. Being mistaken as an imaginary friend. There's so many, we see so many stories like this. Could be a tulpa, right? The kid is imagining the friend so hard. I don't know if children can create tulpas, honestly, but possibly. I mean, their imagination, they don't know what's real. Children don't. So maybe they're more likely to create tulpas. But anyways, you have a possibility that is a ghost mistaken for an imaginary friend. You have an imaginary friend and the boy is imagining all of this. You have the kid having an imaginary friend he believed in so much it became a thought form. It could tickle him in the middle of the night. All sorts of stuff. But that's not the wrap-up to the story because there's something even weirder going on here. What happens is a while after they've moved out, this is, takes place a, a while after Maggie and Joey and the husband have left this house, Maggie comes across the news article from a local newspaper, local news website, what have you, and it talked about Dawn. She's reading this article, Dawn was a real person. So what we were looking at was a ghost. But here's the weirdest part of all of this, and I've really been trying to think of another example of this. Dawn, that was the house he grew up in. He grew up in that house with a single mother. But Dawn died as an old man. Dawn was the owner of the house who died, not in the house. Dawn did not die in that house. Dawn died somewhere else. And for the six months between his death and them being told they had to move out, that was the six months when the family above them, not Maggie and Joey and the husband, the owners of the house, that family was deciding what to do with the house. And that coincides with the six months that Joey saw the child, Dawn. So what we're getting at is a elderly man. It doesn't necessarily say he's elderly, but obviously he has adult children. So Don's probably in his 60s or 70s. Grew up in this household, raised by a single mother. He was a baby in that house and a kid in that house. And eventually he struck out on his own, but he always owned that house. He dies. But his ghost in that house is a little boy. I cannot think of another time we've come across this. And I, I almost feel this episode is going to go a little bit long because I have a ton of stuff to say about this. This is such an interesting phenomenon. I will say this too. We'll go back to the hallway about him throwing the toys down the hallway. Generally, if you're handing a toy to somebody... 
that you like, that you're not scared of, you just hand it to him. The fact that he was throwing the toys down the hallway and then walking away murmuring makes me think that even Joey was a little off-put by this phantom. Something Even Joey, even though he did interact with this dude, this little boy ghost who we find out later was a 70-year-old man. It sounds like a Marlon Wayans movie. He he was he seemed to be scared of it. You know what I mean. Normally, there's one other story I know of where kids were throwing toys to the ghost. That was that terrifying one. I'll try to find it in the show notes. But there was a it was on a military base, and there was like a if I remember correctly, there was like a house that burned down with a bunch of children in it, or or maybe they got brutally murdered by their dad. It was one of the two. Uh, like four or five kids died, and then right next to it. There was a daycare center. <laughs> the two things didn't exist at the same time. Like this, I think, was a unused plot of land since the murder or the burning. It was one of the two or maybe both. The next to it was this daycare center. And the toy that was built later, the daycare kids would throw their toys over the fence to this unused piece of property. And the teachers are like, dude, those toys cost money. Why do you keep throwing those over the fence? And the kids go because the children on the other side of the fence want to play with the toys, too. So the idea was these the victims of whatever tragedy happened, they were still there and only the kids could see them. I believe those kids would have easily handed those toys to those kids if they could have. They had to throw them over the fence because that was the only way they could get them there. They didn't seem to be scared of those fandoms. But the fact that he's throwing this stuff down the hallway does make it seem like Joey was not totally comfortable with Dawn. But the idea that we have, like I'm trying, I've been trying to think of another phenomenon like this, and the only one that I could come up with was the ending of Titanic, right? Where Rose was this old lady, she was walking around on the boat being all old and stuff, and then when she died, she was super hot Kate Winslet. <laughs> I can't use that as evidence, right? I can't go, well, paranormal researchers, let's remember the haunting of the Titanic. They're like, what? What are you talking about? You had that. And it, it listen, it would make sense that you wouldn't be a ghost in a wheelchair. And now that I think about it, I can't think of a time. I know there's like haunted hospitals where you might hear the sound of wheelchairs. But if you were paralyzed from the neck down and then you died, I don't think your ghost would be paralyzed from the neck down. I have nothing to back that up. I mean, there are stories of ghost peg leg pirates that you they make a clumpity clump sound as they're walking around on their peg leg. But see, now we're getting into the whole... Because when I was telling this story to my friend Sabine, she goes, is it possible that this was like a residual recording type of ghost? And that's why it's a little boy and not the old man as he died. And I go, it's unlikely because it's interacting with these people. The recording theory of ghosts, which I do think explains a lot of ghosts, is there's a strong emotional charge in an area and a happy memory or a tragic memory is played over and over again. So that's why at 3 a.m. every so often you wake up in the middle of the night, you go to the fridge to get some leftover stuffing from Thanksgiving and you see a naked man standing in your doorway. Which I would always say default that there might actually be a real person don't go, well, that's a ghost. <laughs> that guy, that obvious hobo who broke in, that's a ghost. 
Um, but you know that at some point a man died in his underwear in your living room. And so his ghost shows up like almost as a recording. He was so depressed. He was so depressed. He's like, Oh, I didn't die in my furry outfit. Oh, I'm going to be remembered as underwear ghost. But the fact that he was tickling them, the fact that there seemed to be some sort of conversation going on, like, give me your toys and think, or can I play with your toys? Hey, Joey, you want to play? Makes me think it wasn't a recording. It, it, it's so fascinating, though, because it does really open up to what you are as a ghost. We recently did an episode, Why Aren't There a Lot of Fat Ghosts? When there's a lot of overweight people out there. And I would argue we don't have as many elderly people ghosts as we would assume was out there. Ghosts all seem to fall in an age range of child, there's a you know, creepy child ghosts, all the way up, I mean, honestly, when you think about it, maybe to their 50s. We don't see a lot of stories of elderly ghosts dying on the toilet. When I think statistically that <laughs> there should be a lot of them. So is it possible that when you're a ghost, whatever phenomenon creates ghosts that you actually become what you want to be and that's what we were kind of talking about with the overweight ghost like is it possible that if you died you're 350 pounds you died that's not how you saw yourself in life that's how your physical representation was but you always saw yourself as being different like i said when i i don't when i i'm overweight right i'm like 290 i don't have dreams i'm not fat in my dreams so that's not how my mind sees my own body. So is it possible that when you die, if you become a ghost, and again, we don't know what that mechanism is because not everyone's a ghost, but is there something about you becoming how you see yourself? And then, or is it, I mean, again, we here we have an old man. Again, we don't have his age, but we're going to assume he's 60s because he has adult children who are trying to decide what happens to his house. And then he becomes a boy as a ghost. That's so fascinating. It's such a fascinating story. Again, if it's real, it could totally be made up. But it's such a fascinating story because it forces us to look at that question. What is aging vis-a-vis death? We do know that the body can age so much it just stops working. But does your physical age correspond to your soul? How your soul will look? And we don't have the answer for that. Just we don't have the answer for so much. And it would be interesting because remember, they... Sold the house and his family moved. Is Don's spirit still in this house? Is Don's spirit still this little boy interacting with other children living here? There's just so many unanswered questions and there's so much for us to explore. And this one's a big question. And it would explain why we don't have a bunch of elderly ghosts floating around. Because that's not the form they're choosing. And then you really have to think, all of these children ghosts we do get reports of, how many of them are adults? Like, think about it. A, if you woke up in the middle of the night and you saw a little boy, the ghost of a little boy, standing in the corner. He's standing in the opposite corner from the underwear, man. You see a little ghost boy standing in the corner. You, at this point, you're having a heart attack, right? At this point, you're just not, you're you're not even thinking about having Thanksgiving leftovers at this point. You're trying to keep from becoming a ghost yourself. But if you saw a little boy ghost, you know, huddled in the corner, shivering, you're like, just why do you keep making it 
more creepy as you're clutching your chest. You would think like, wow, that would suck, right? A little boy ghost, he died as a little boy. But let me ask you, what's creepier? What's creepier? Having your house haunted by a little boy or having your house haunted by a little boy who's actually a 38-year-old man? Because I figure as creepy as a little boy would be, like he could stand in the corner of the room. You kind of get bored of that. You turn him into an end table. You have like a little little piece of wood balancing on his head. Little boy, I mean, how? I mean, very worst, it's Dennis the Menace, right? He's breaking your windows. He's making your vases fly around and stuff like that. But a little boy can only do so much. Sure, you could probably try to switch souls with one of your living kids. But other than that... But imagine the type of weirdness you would have. You had a little boy who actually had the mind of a 38-year-old man. Because then, man, he can get into some stuff, right? He's constantly, like, smoking cigarettes and drinking. He's smoking and he's smoking in your house. He's drinking. He's buying porn on pay-per-view. You're like, dude, what is going on? What is going on? You got a little ghost boy who has all of the weird mental hangups as a full-grown adult. Like, I think that would be the worst. I think it would it would make it creepier. And then, really, you got to think about it. What if there's, like, a little girl in the woods? <laughs> You're like, okay, that's enough. I'm leaving my house. You're like, get out of the way. Get out of the way, man in underwear. You're walking through the woods, and you see a little girl with a jump rope going, la, 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 la. And you're like... You're like, I need to move, I need to move, but I want to go check that out. And you go out there. What if that little girl is actually not a little girl creepily jumping jump rope? What if it's like a Malaysian war criminal or something like that? Some Somebody died, some guy died in the 1940s as he was just killing people with a homemade machete in the middle of Malaysia. And then... He's like, I'm going to be a little girl in Massachusetts, and I'm just going to stand in the woods, dude. You're like, you this guy, this guy's the freakiest of them all. If you think about it, like, if you can choose your form as a ghost, which we don't know if it's true, right? We don't know if it's true, but if it's true, then all bets are off. Because every time you see, like, a ghost doing something, it could be, like, a craziest man in the world, disguised as a little girl, Jump roping right outside your house. You're going to run outside your house with a baseball bat. There's like real kids jump roping. You're like, ah, get away from me. Get away from me. Malaysian dictator. They're like, what? It really would make you question all of it. Because if some of it can happen, that beautiful girl, not little girl, that beautiful maiden, that civil war ghost that's dressed in the full gown, the antebellum gown because her boyfriend got his brains blown out by a cannonball in Gettysburg and she's like oh no I loved him so much and then she jumps off a lighthouse right super hot you go to hang out with you go on a ghost tour you show up at a ghost tour with roses and chocolates they're like uh what are you here he's like I'm here to woo the ghost but then it turns out that that's like it it's an impersonator it's not that hot chick it's some like grandma some grandma who also died during the war she's like oh no i really was in love with that guy who fired the cannon and the cannon blew up and killed my lover as well 
But then, like, she's impersonating this beautiful maiden. I guess that wouldn't be so bad because then it's just an old lady who looks like a beautiful girl that's going back to the whole Titanic thing. But what if it wasn't? What if you were trying to hook up with this super hot Civil War chick and then all of a sudden turned around and it was Saddam Hussein? He was disguised. He was disguised as a beautiful ghost. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. I just read this story. I just read this story, and it's possible. This story is true that you could become an old, be an old man, and become a little boy ghost. And really, you have to ask yourself, how many other times has this happened? Now, they're probably not a bunch of Malaysian warlords. Saddam Hussein is probably not currently in disguise in an antebellum dress. But prove me wrong. <laughs> prove me wrong, because there are some hot ghosts out there. But I'm not willing to take that chance that it could be the third world dictator. That's how we end the first episode of season 20. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.